0: Elizabeth, welcome to Future Speak. Some of the language that people feel is untouchable to them means they don't want to say it. You know some people don't want to use the language women of color. We want to be able to create a diverse workforce where women of color have opportunities, and being able to say those words is absolutely fine, but people are fearful because they think they might offend somebody, and that's just one example. You
1: and I met, gosh, in 2022 and I was really inspired by what I saw on your LinkedIn. So we reached out and we had that fabulous lunch on on that rooftop terrace and we really put the world to rights. But I was really inspired by what you're doing in the workplace, by what you're doing to help women in the workplace. Why don't you introduce yourself to everyone today? Because you can do a much
0: better job than, than I can. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's such a pleasure to be here today. So I'm Elizabeth. I've had a career of 25 years in HR. Um, I came out of university not really knowing what to do with myself and ended up in HR after recruitment and just loved it and found my thing. I've got three children who are 20 and 17, two girls, and then a little boy who was six. And I mention that because it just gives the premise for why I do what I do now. So I worked full- time all through my career. I've always been really passionate about my career, and of course, being a mum and supporting the kids. And because of the nature of my job in HR, I've seen you know I've seen many women on maternity. Many women drop out the workforce because of the challenges they've been faced with. And I really wanted to change the narrative on that and provide a different solution for companies to support women in the workplace. So I launched Ludo, my company. And we provide technology for inclusion with a specific focus on women. So we are all about being able to close the gender pay gap, reach gender parity, and really get to a place in the workforce where inclusion is, is a real thing, not just a word that we're throwing about everywhere. And so that's what we do at Ludo. And Elizabeth,
1: when we talk about the future at work, and I know that you and I have had a lengthy conversation that actually the future's here now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why having women in the workforce is so important as such an ambassador in in this sector.
0: We know the gender on the board, so proper diverse gender on boards is good for business. So if we're going to take out the human element for a second, which is really important to me, but actually if we know that you have a third of women on boards, there's 10 times greater profits for that business. And then when you add in proper diversity in terms of women of color, people who aren't necessarily neurotypical, all those diversities we can bring to the board drive greater profits in businesses. So if you only want your business head on, you can see that this is really good for companies to be able to drive better creativity, really challenge the status quo, look at things in a more creative way. And there is all sorts of other stats behind that that tell us why this matters. But on a human element, we know that people that can step forward in the workplace as their truly authentic self, typically have higher levels of productivity, they're more engaged, they're more creative, and they feel happier in themselves, which contributes to better mental health. So from a human and business perspective, there are many reasons why this is really, really critical to businesses.
1: I love that. And it's interesting having read Mary Portis's book on um, work like a woman. One of the things that she said earlier on in that book is, isn't it interesting how she was turning up as a man?
0: Yeah, I've been there yeah.
1: <gasps> tell tell us more about that. I have too, but I'd love you to share your story on that.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, I I didn't know that I was doing it when I was doing it, if that makes sense. But I've certainly stepped through my career believing that to get by or get to where I wanted to get to in the workplace, I had to modify my behaviours to behave like a man. And what I mean by that is more direct, more ballsy, more um, punchy, you know, demonstrating neurotypical male energy behaviors. And just as a caveat, we all have masculine and feminine inside of us and we can dial up one and turn down another whenever we want. And actually the gem is when you learn how to do that properly Mm. to get get the benefit you want. But I certainly stepped into the workforce for years and years and years behaving like a man because that's how I thought I was going to be able to win in the workforce to get to board level and dialing down my femininity. And I only learned this and realized it about myself probably four or five years ago. Um, and then when I started to bring in a bit more of that femininity and that vulnerability and that softer side of me, it didn't necessarily always get the same results, which is a much bigger story that we could probably have actually a five hour podcast on, which <laughs> is the the nature of the workplace And the um, culture and structure of many more corporate organizations doesn't necessarily lend itself to invite those behaviors from women to allow them to have the full expression of themselves. Um, And when I say I'm using this as a general term, I know there are exceptions. I don't want to offend any big corporates here, but in the main, that's the type of energy we're seeing where women can't necessarily Fully express who they are as women in the workplace and there's a
1: cultural piece and with the the world opening up and I've shared this story with you and I but I remember in my early 20s when I was working at Goldman Sachs one incident which stays with me today it was multicultural there was a young New York lady from um, an Asian background there was um, a lovely chap from an Arab background. And we had these little cubicles. Do you remember the days of little cubicles? Yes. How impersonal they were? Yeah. So mine was right at the back right here, right? And this girl in question was diagonally across to me on the left. And let's just call this chap Joe. Joe was walking down down our little, little walkway and we'll call the lady Joanna. And Joanna went went to go out and Joe stepped aside to let her out first. And he then made eye contact with me to let me out first. So I smiled at him and thanked him. Joanna, meanwhile, ripped him apart. Are you doing that because I'm I'm a woman? How dare you? Uh, There were lots of expeditives and everything else along the way, but she was utterly furious. Now, this poor guy couldn't win because on the one hand... I, as a woman, and with my background and upbringing, I wanted that respect as a woman. Call me old-fashioned. I know a lot of people won't agree with it, but that's my world. That's me. And she clearly did disagree with it. We're also in an environment where we've got all of that going on, haven't we? So when we talk about in- inclusion, there's also a piece about the workplace moving forward. That's compassion, but
0: Compassion with a capital C, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's truly inviting who you are as a person into the workforce. And this goes back to communication and understanding and active listening as a leader. So paying attention to what different people want and what different people mm. need. And that story you've just given highlights exactly that, that we don't all expect and want the same thing. Now, that's an interesting, challenging place in many ways um for the workforce but it's also challenging because we're coming from an an old place of this is what we offer and if you want a job here that's what you're going to get to we want to engage you as an individual and my HR career has spanned this entire journey actually if I think back to when I first started in the workplace it was very different to how it is now and now this piece on individualization and who are you and how do we actively listen and pay attention to your views and your opinions and what you need because engaging the workforce of today requires us to pay attention to individuals and actively listen to what matters to them Mm -hmm. and then hone our um, engagement culture and our line manager skills to be able to adapt and shift those individuals and that feels very overwhelming and very challenging to lots of businesses, I think, and it's been exasperated by the pandemic. Yep. Um, so I think we're in a really interesting place. And your story, it describes exactly that. This is two people that are wanting something different, and that's okay. And there's a place of acceptance in that, that whoever you are and whatever's right for you, we want to be able to include that and accept that in the workplace.
1: Yeah, and there's a reality, isn't there, about having people on the ground when you have those moments... I actually think as a workforce as a whole, we've evolved, thankfully, over the last twenty plus years. Yes. Now, how would that play out? Would would she still have had that moment and then have stopped and gone, okay, I recognise that actually that's how I feel and Sam Sam feels differently. Really? I hope that I hope that is the case. And In many instances, when I look back to 20 years ago, and I'm sure you're the same, no one was talking about, say, menopause in the workplace. And I know all the great work you're doing around that. And thank God. What do you see changing around that over the the coming couple of years?
0: There was a really big stat printed by uh, Bloomberg from a research piece of research that was done. Um, It came out about three or four months ago, I think. Where they said that global productivity losses topped 150 billion last year relating to wow. the menopause this is enormous and where in the past yeah. we might and it, i mean it's huge it's amazing and where in the past we might not have even paid attention to this there is now more research being done and looking into the impact of the menopause or so is that where it's really the perimenopause because a perimenopause can last up to 10 years, a menopause is defined as a moment in time, which is 12 months of no periods, and then you've hit the menopause. That's typically the kind of medical term that goes around it. But the build-up to that can be hugely impactful on women. One in four women have very severe symptoms. Mm -hmm. One in four might have hardly any, um, or barely notice. And then the other 50% are having some symptoms that might be manageable. But what we see is that Women are dropping out of the workforce because they can't cope or they feel that they've changed and things are feeling different for them. And if the workforce isn't open to understanding how we can support and engage our incredible female talent through this, then we are going to lose these brilliant, brilliant women. And if you think about the age demographic of when perimenopause and menopause kicks in... It could typically be when women are going into senior level positions or onto boards just because of the nature of that age range. And when we look at creating more diverse boards, which, as we said, we know is good for business, we can't ignore this. You could lose the most amazing, brilliant knowledge and talent and fantastic brilliance of a woman because we haven't paid attention to supporting her through a life-changing moment in her life. And that is just I mean, that's just deeply awful, you know, we want to be able to support women and keep them in the workplace. Um, so I'm really happy that the spotlight is being shined on menopause and that we are adding it into our inclusion agenda of saying, whoever you are, whatever you're going through, you matter here, your knowledge, your brilliance, your skills matter here in this organization. And that's what prompted us at Ludo to launch that as our second module because we know it matters and it really makes a difference.
1: Let's talk more about this, this module and and the difference it's it's having because you are really taking the workforce by storm in this regard because you've got such a first-hand experience with it and because of the roles you, that you've had over the years as, as a senior HR leader. What impact are you seeing? Let's let's talk about it.
0: We launched our menopause module just under a month ago. So we're fresh and new in this space. But our first module was on maternity. But in the build-up to gaining our content and getting it launched, we spoke to our clients and we spoke to businesses about what they need. And one of the, um, the real biggies here is that there is still shame in many ways or embarrassment or um, fear where women don't want to come forward and won't necessarily come and say, I'm going through the pro-menopause, you know, I'm going towards menopause and I'm really struggling. Um, they're unlikely to come and tell you that. So what we wanted to do was create a resource, signposting, advice and help inside our, inside our tech where employees can action it and have a look at it without having to tell their employer. So the employer is able to give this resource and support through Ludo to employees who can look at it, read it, digest, support, There's line manager advice. So for line managers, being able to help a member of their team who might be struggling. Also, you might be a man in the company whose Mm. productivity has dropped enormously because your wife's you know, your wife at home is struggling with the menopause and you want to help her. So she's not employed by the company, but it doesn't matter. We're helping him help her. So it's a much bigger kind of wider resource for employees. Um, And so we wanted to be able to create this help without anybody having to tell their company if they don't want to. Because many women won't. And we're still a long way off that transparency. So for us, and we're seeing you know, from the clients that have started using it, people clicking into that content and reading it, we can see that there are people looking at that content and what they're reading. So we know people want that advice. The other reason for us and why we launched it is that some companies will say, well, we have an EAP scheme. Mm-hmm. Now, what we know about EAP schemes is they typically... And I say typically, there are exceptions, they typically kick in at crisis point. And what I mean by that is when an employee might typically contact an EAP scheme, things have become too much and they need help and they want to be able to get some help from that. What I want to achieve at Ludo is that we step in before it gets too much, you know, we're there as a i'm curious you know i think i'm experiencing symptoms of the perimenopause there are 48 um, symptoms of the menopause i thought there was about four (laughs) um so can we at the curious stage be able to um support and engage employees to educate and learn before they're reaching i can't cope this is a crisis it's impacting my work Um, and that's what we're really achieving um through what we're doing is giving the early stage content before it gets to crisis point and people can't cope and that's exactly what
1: women those around them who are supporting in the workplace need and it's interesting what I typically find when I look at my client base is they are all in exceptionally powerful women They are all, I would say, proud, right? Because they're independent. They are feisty. They are not afraid to say how they feel and be controversial. And I don't mean rude. Just say it how it is. They're comfortable. And yet I still regularly have some of my clients that will say, but Sam, I'm just stuck. I I, I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to think. I don't know why I'm feeling like this this week, I'm frustrated, but I'm sleeping well, I'm eating well, I'm exercising, and then the tears come through sheer frustration. And at that point, I will often say to them, have you been to the doctors just to get yourself checked out to see if you're perimenopausal? And it's almost as if the penny drops and they hadn't realized that, but you know, the sweats, the everything I've been through, and, and still do on occasion, although I'm at the other end. But it's an awful thing to see happen.
0: No, I agree. It's really tough, and it's interesting you mention, you know, hot sweats. I'm because I now work in this space. I'm very open about it. I'm certainly perimenopausal, but I have never had a hot flush in my life, and I had a preconceived belief that hot flushes were the the golden indicator that you were in this stage of life and many women don't have them and there are 48 symptoms and it was only through building this part of my company and speaking to our incredible experts in the space that I learned there can be many other things going on. For example, headaches. I've never been a headache person in my whole life and now I get the odd one or um, brain fog, inability to feel, to be focused or I mean, there's certainly been mornings that I've got up and I love what I do with my business, but I'm just sort of can't get going some mornings. And I just think, oh, why not? Where's the, oh, it's just gone. That oomph isn't there this morning. And I couldn't understand why. And these are all indicators. And I think when we can educate and support women to realize that they're not going mad and they can find help to help them through these stages, that they can get you back on track because you feel very derailed. Mm. You know, as you described with your clients, you feel like, why, why, you know, why am I feeling like this? And it feels very emotional and it's
1: challenging for sure. Interestingly, I've, I've also had a few conversations over the last couple of weeks, which I have found both frustrating and insightful in that they've been male counterparts who hold senior roles. They have families at home and they will say to me, but Sam, why are you so intent on talking about things like menopause in the workplace when you're talking about the future of work why is it so relevant my reply to all of them is always we've got a more diverse workforce we're talking about inclusion in the workforce we now are working across much more multiple borders which means we've got a greater incidence of working multiculturally we're all going to handle this differently and that's why I think it's important and organizations like you know, yourselves at the forefront to create that inclusion are you coming up against that curiosity
0: i'm going to put that nicely <laughs> no i'm definitely coming up against that curiosity and and that's a good thing to see yeah. and i think that you know i suppose it's back to what we were saying before of whoever you are whatever you're going through you're welcome here yeah you know, that's a truly a a true big vision of inclusion in the workforce is that you are, you know, you are welcome here and we value you. Um, The other thing is we now have five generations in the workforce. Mm. So we've got a much broader span of requirements, expectations and needs um, for our workforce. And being able to educate everybody at every level allows us to learn from one another. And that's a really positive thing. It really is. And I think that where we look at the younger generations coming up who are nowhere near menopause for them to know that it's nothing to be frightened of and you can be in the full expression of yourself and whatever stage of life you're at you're welcome in that business I think that's a very very positive thing and it can only be good for how we drive inclusion and engagement in the workforce.
1: I agree with you one of the things that I've been to lots of events towards the back half of 2022 we've been talking about some really big stuff you know humans in the workplace obvious but actually with the talk about ai and technology and everything else there's the fear element right all of these things are great but if you've got a business owner who's listening to since today saying i get it i've got the reality here you know the vision here but my reality is here what advice would you give them in terms of
0: next step to start, really embracing this, if they don't know where to start, I think just ask, you know, ask for help, come to people like us, speak to other businesses that you know you might know that are doing that are doing work in the space, yeah, and just be okay with being vulnerable and not knowing. So, one of the interesting things I'm seeing a lot of in the DEI space is that, in many ways, we've become fearful of saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So people say nothing at all. And silence is very loud. And I think that the fear of vulnerability of saying, I want to drive a more inclusive workforce, but I don't know how, that's okay. And let's welcome that vulnerability and say, okay, we can step in and help you with some suggestions and ideas of how you can drive that culture and maintain it, incidentally. Quick side point, there's quite a lot of interesting stuff going on where People say, I've done this, and then they walk away and then they think they've done it, and they don't continue on that messaging in the company. It's not a one moment thing. This is ongoing, and we need to keep growing and learning together. But I would invite vulnerability from leaders that don't know how to do this to raise their hand and say, We need some help. Because it's very easy to put your head in the sand and go, I don't know how to deal with DEI in this company, so I'm not going to do it um, because they're too fearful of touching it. Or saying the wrong thing. Um, and I think the language and the words that are really uh, growing and forming in communities of um, ethnic minority or the LGBTQ community, some of the language that people feel um, is untouchable to them means they don't want to say it. You know, some people don't want to use the language women of colour. We, we want to be able to create a diverse workforce where women of colour have opportunities and being able to say those words is absolutely fine but people are fearful because they think they might of- offend somebody and that's just one example but that's happening across many communities where people are just too fearful of touching it or doing something that's going to help that organisation. Um, so I invite the vulnerability to say I don't know what I can say, I don't know what I can do, can help me please let's step in and help and when you look at where the potential
1: for for Ludo what are your hopes and dreams for, for the business
0: over the coming years oh my god I'm so excited about our business I love it <laughs> um, <laughs> we launched Ludo Health in the new year where we want to be able to give advice on posting support against to line managers HR and employees around things like ongoing health conditions so it could be endometriosis um i spoke to this brilliant woman on hysterectomies last week um mental health cancer i mean god forbid somebody's diagnosed with cancer in your company do you know how to support in that so we'll tackle health next and then we do ludo fertility in q2 of next year and for me the vision is about saying again whoever you are whatever you're going through you matter here we have resource for you we want to help you and be there for you and really engage you with our brilliant talent in this business But on a much bigger vision, you know, I want Ludo to be the business. So people say, I want to look at this for inclusion for our company, and someone says, you should talk to Ludo. They've got amazing partners. They're doing a great job. You know, we have incredible speakers that we that can go into businesses and deliver um, amazing talks. Um, We've got this amazing woman who talks about white male privilege, having spent the first forty years of her life as a man and now has transitioned to being a woman. I mean, she is amazing. So. I'd love us to be the voice, you know, the resource and that voice of businesses to say, we're not sure where to turn, go to Nudo. They will help us, you know, formulate what we need for our business. That would really be the dream. (laughs) I love that. I love, and
1: also much needed, you know. And really walking the talk, as it were, isn't it, in terms of creating that diverse workforce, which means that you can work anywhere, right? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. (laughs) Totally. So fun question coming up. What was your last Netflix binge? My last Netflix binge.
0: Good question. What did I watch? I didn't watch Master TV. Oh, no, I know. I just finished watching The Watcher. Oh, no, I've seen that. That's brilliant. It's real. Any good, isn't it? Yeah. Um and before that, this is really gruesome. I watched Dharma. Oh, did you? Oh no, too gruesome for me. I so gruesome, but I felt sort of compelled and I was like, I'll watch one episode. And then it was it's so dark and so horrendous and so awful. I don't quite know why I watched it really. It was awful. It was really awful. Um but the Watcher was really good. I like I that. love the Watcher. I Brilliant. watched it. It was good. <laughs> I need a new one. All advice, welcome. <laughs> oh, so I mean I
1: Queen of the South, I thought that was brilliant. Oh, I uh, haven't watched
0: that. Okay, I'm yeah, watching it
1: down. That's that's a goodie. But yeah, and I'll, I'll think of a few others. But that's that's the standout one for me. Like you, you know, I don't really have that much time. But when I do, it's you know, normally that feeling of I just need to stop and just step off for a moment, stop my brain thinking. Yeah, and just just watch watch and be a passenger rather than be the one that's constantly doing. <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> so, my final question to you, Elizabeth anyone listening to this today, what is the one takeaway that you'd love them to leave our conversation with?
0: I think the one takeaway is don't be afraid of driving diversity and inclusion in your workforce. And if you want to have a chat, pick up the phone to me. You know, I'm totally happy. And I do this a lot with businesses. I just want to ring for a chat and just say, where do we go next? And they might not end up being a client. I'd love them to be. But there's no pressure for that. Just be brave, be vulnerable, pick up the phone. You know, we can, we're we there to support. And just even if it's just a chat, we're happy to support. I love that.
1: Yeah. And we, we share the same philosophy. It's what's the worst that can happen? You spend 20 minutes of your life meeting someone new that That you've got a great connection with absolutely elizabeth i want to say thank you so much it's been wonderful seeing you and looking forward to catching up with you again soon
0: thank you sam it's been wonderful thank you so much